Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Hello and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today I'm excited to bring to you Julia Dennison. Julia is the digital content director for The Parents Brand, which includes heading up the contents for parents.com and its social platforms. As a single co-parenting mama to a four-year-old, Julia has been writing and editing in the parenting space for over 13 years with a passion for covering all the wonderfully unique ways people parent and form families. She was the co-host of the podcast Pregnancy Confidential, and now she's the co-host of a new podcast, We Are Family with Sean T. And it's all about the diversity of family life in America today. So welcome, Julia. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. (laughs) I'm excited to have you here. So to start, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Oh gosh, my win of the week. (laughs) And it could be a personal win. It could be whatever you want. Do you know what? So I host a clubhouse um, room on Fridays that's called No Such Thing as Weekends for Moms, basically, where we talk about our wins and our our kind of like our happies and crappies for the week, as we like to call it. Um, and it's so funny because it's like the crappies can really stack up, but like trying to remember the wins is always a little bit of a challenge. I think, let's see, I think it was managing to coordinate. This is such a small one, but hey, I'll take it. It was pouring rain and hailstones yesterday in New York, where I live in Queens, and I managed to coordinate with my daughter's dad. So as you said, we co-parent and he lives not too far away from me, but we managed to coordinate so that I could pick her up from school. And he did a handover with, with the rubber boots so that she didn't, she was wearing velvet, really beautiful Janie and Jack velvet (laughs) shoes to school that morning, but we managed to do a handoff so that I was able to get her in her rubber boots during the rainstorm. And she didn't ruin her lovely little, um, velvet Mary Jane. So I think that's a win. I'm sure there are probably more substantial wins. Like, I mean, every day, every day is a little win. If you can get her, if I can get her to bed on time, fairly on time. And I think I did that yesterday. So maybe that's another win, but yeah, I got to take those small wins these days. I feel like definitely. And I feel like just the little wins boost that positivity and just in everything that's going on. If we focus on, I love how you said the crappies, like (laughs) it just doesn't make you feel good. So I love to start every episode with like asking for you to celebrate your win. Well, on that note, give us a little background about your family structure. I know that you co-parent and you're a single parent, but paint a little picture about what your family situation looks like and also kind of your family work situation, that schedule. Oh, yes. So yeah, I, we have kind of a blended family co-parenting situation. So I'm a single mom. Let's see. Um, I got divorced when I think that, well, it was officially divorced when my daughter was two, but we separated when my daughter was one and my daughter's now four 
almost five. She'll be five in June. And I, you know, I get along really as well as anyone could um, with her, her dad. And he lives just, we're, we're friends actually. We're, we're, and we're pretty good friends too. So um, I'm a huge advocate of trying to, to do that wherever possible when you're trying to co-parent with, with in divorce is really just to try and do what's best for the kid. But also just, you know, it doesn't have to be a big fight all the time. I think like you can have amicable co-parenting situations and that's something I try and model. And it's really important to, to us. I think working in the parenting space and working on parents.com. I've seen so many studies to show how important it is that the kids have equal access to mom and dad. So we really do split the time in half between the two of us. And he's only a few blocks away. So it's a short walk. And so that means that, you know, I, what I have as it's, it's pretty much just me. But it also means that I have time to myself, which I think is really important for all parents. And that's something that I would say, you know, married or not married, I think taking that time to yourself makes, at least I think it makes me a better mom. And yeah. And so my daughter uh, lives part of time with her dad and her dad's girlfriend. They just had a new baby. So she's got um, a, a sister, a little sister with them at, at that house. And then my house is just me and her really. And yeah, it's just been in terms of trying to make it work during the, you know, working and during the pandemic from like March until June it was, I had no, no help. And my parents live only a half an hour away, but as as a lot of people, I wasn't seeing them because of the pandemic. And it was like, just really, it's such a blur. I can't even remember how I did it all um, working and watching her at the same time. (laughs) Uh, I think I've like blocked it out. And, you know, running a giant, giant (laughs) content company. (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean, at least try and do my job, um, which I think everybody was in that same boat, but yeah, thank goodness. My daughter's now back in school in person, which has just been such a game changer for me. And now she's, we're doing, the kindergarten registration process. And my number one question is like, you know, between like public schools and charter schools, I'm like, okay, I like the idea of a charter school, but please be open in the, in the, the fall. Like don't, Zoom me. Don't oh, zoom at me. Oh, I know. That's actually what kind of sealed the deal on our decision for kindergarten last year was okay. we found out we got into a private school right when quarantine hit. And oh, we gosh, were like, yeah. do we think we're going to go back in the fall? Like which decision do we choose? And yeah. so I think we chose, I'm happy about our choice. I mean, it. yes, it was a privilege and a financial craziness, but he got to be in-person kindergarten. So I thought that was amazing. Oh my gosh. It's crazy how priorities have all shifted during the pandemic. It's like, just like the bare minimum, like let our kids be in school, please. It's really, and- <laughs> really like you're on like Maslow's hierarchy of needs right now. It's yes. like, okay, so we need to prioritize like eating, like, you know, being under yes. one household, like how do you do uh, under one roof? How do you do that all? Yes. There are a few points I want to go back to um, in your little blurb there. Um, the first is talking about maybe co-parenting. You mm-hmm. said like, you know, there are a lot of studies on like amicable co-parenting. And I know coming out of the pandemic, there have been a lot of, unfortunately, divorces, separations, things that have come into light. How did you get on the same page with your, with now your co-parent on how, how to do that? A lot of divorces look ugly. A lot of parents in general, even when you are married are not on the same page, like getting your significant other on the same page of parenting. So any tips to how you approach that? Or was he just always on board for something like that? You know, I, we met in college and so we kind of grew up together, became adults together. And I think, you know, we had, I always say like, we had a good relationship for a long time, you know, and I guess it sort of just reaches an expiration date is sort of how I feel about it. So there weren't a ton of 
I mean, there were some hard feelings when we were going through it, but I think it's remarkable that there are all these skills in, in terms of being a parent. It takes skill to be a parent. It takes skill to be in a relationship. It takes skill to be a, you know, a good wife or a good husband. And it's kind of remarkable when, and I don't even know if it's all even possible to get everything right all the time or to be best at being in a relationship and best at being a parent. And I always say like, my daughter's dad is the best dad she could have ever asked for. He is like the best dad in the world. And I think, so what? He's not my, a husband for me right now. And maybe he wasn't the best husband for me, but that's like, that's sort of like, sep- I think what's important is if you can kind of separate out the, the two and try not to try to park the kind of like the feelings of the relationship and just try and focus on like the positives and like what, you, you know, what you want to get out of it. Like, sure. You can fight over a little, every little tiny thing, but like, what's the big picture goal? And like, what are you, where are you trying to get to my, one of my favorite people to, to read and, and also now a friend um, who lives not very far away from me is Emma Johnson. And she's a writer and author of the book, the kick-ass single mom. And she's one of the, there's a lot of people out there. Um, another person to follow on Instagram is single dad magic or Michelle Dempsey. Like there's, a, there are a lot of these, these people out there who are advocating for amicable co-parenting or, or, um, there's another one that happy divorce is another really great book and just like choosing the better, the better path. That's not always possible, but I think keeping that big picture in mind and, 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 you know, thinking about what you appreciate in the person and you can absolutely think that they're the best parent in the entire world and not want to be in a relationship with them. Like those are two different things. And I think if you can kind of like separate them out a little bit, um, and think about them with love and kindness in terms of like, another as another parent as a co-parent then that's sort of the way forward I like that separating their roles because I mean Definitely. it's the same thing as like you wouldn't treat your friend and co-worker kind of the same at work as yes. you would like outside so yeah. just kind of dividing those but on that same note of how do you set kind of not necessarily like the rules, but like the boundaries of like, this is how we want to parent. Like some people want to use the more like gentle parenting or positive discipline. And maybe like one parent does not believe in that. How do you guys discuss like anything? Or I think I saw a reel on your thing. Like when dad (laughs) says you can do this or something. And I was laughing because I'm like, you know, that happens when you're married anyway. Like it happens within the house, but you can have those conversations because you're living under the same roof. And you're like, well, no, if we're here together, we're a team. Yeah. How do we approach this? And so how do you get on the same page of like, I don't believe like even values, like what you value versus what they value and how you want to raise your daughter together. Have you had those conversations? And if so, how did you bring those up? So I, it was funny after I did that reel of like, basically it's like, Ezzy, my daughter is just, she's, as I was saying, she's just about five. So she's also figured out that she can say things like, oh, I don't, ha- I don't have to do this at daddy's house. Or I, you know, like daddy doesn't, doesn't make me do this or, or daddy lets me do this. I actually laugh about that because I'm very lucky that her dad and I are very much on the same page. So when she pulls things like that, I'm like, I know. And we talk so that you, there, you, there's not a lot you can do there. Um, but I think you raise a really good point. I think like whether or not you agree on parents on certain pivotal pillars of parenting almost doesn't matter if you're married or not married, because I have friends who are, who are married and they don't agree with their their partner on how to parent 
exactly like how to tackle a specific sort of hot topic in parenting, whether that's discipline or whether that's just, you know, all kinds of things or what school they're going to go to. And that can happen no matter what, whether you're together or not. I think it goes back to really thinking about that relationship you have with with your your fellow parent as a co-parent, whether or not you're married to them or not. And really thinking about like how you actively want to parent together. And I think I was lucky because parenting, to get, it goes back to separating out those two skills or separating out those two facets of their, their, of your relationship with somebody like parenting with, with my, my ex was never, ever a problem. We were always on the same page. And I think I'm really lucky in that respect. And so we continue to always be on the same page because we already were from, from the beginning, not on the same page relationship wise, but we were on the same page as parents. And I think if you continue to think about that and think about parenting together whether or not you're married or not. And think about, we say co-parents and divorce, but I think it's really like co-parent, everybody's co-parenting. You know, you're both making these decisions for your, for your kids. But I think, I think it's like just making sure that you have time to have those conversations and ideally time to have those conversations when the kid's not around. Um, I think like, and really sort of like carving out time. So if there's something like kindergarten and deciding on a school, then her dad and I will make sure that we set aside time separate from our daughter being there, which is something we can do because she can be with his girlfriend when he's with me and some things like that. So we're lucky in that respect, but just taking the time and, you know, just like you, you said that about coworkers and it is almost like running a business or like, you know, it is almost like a job where you have to almost like set up these like meetings to really talk about what's important to you. And I think it's, and I think in co-parenting specifically within divorce, it's important to think about what you really care about and what are your true, true, true values when it comes to being a parent and think about that for yourself and then stick to those, but then also know when to pick your battles. So when does something is, when can you meet in the middle? When is something, what is something you can kind of let go to? Cause that's just as important, I think. Well, so you've been in the parenting space for a really long time now <laughs> as an editor, content producer, things like that. I want to talk a little bit about your pre-mom life and your career journey and how you got to where you are today. Um, it's interesting a lot. I feel like a lot of people pivot into the kid space, like once they have kids, but you've yeah. been in it for a while yeah. um, and you've, you know, even as a single mom, keep pursuing your career, you know, what are those motivators and give us a little bit about your journey um, and your career, because I mean, you're at the top here, you know, you're at the top of a company and that, and as a mom, and mm. that's like, especially post pandemic, I mean, you, <laughs> you're, you're the head of a big parenting company post pandemic, you know, how do you do that? How do you get there? You're so sweet. Um, you know, I think a lot of this, I kind of credit to my own mother who she's a costume designer in film and television. And she just worked my entire childhood and she worked hard and she worked for a career that she was super passionate about um, to, the, to the extent where I don't think she'll ever retire. You know, she's into her seventies and she's zero other than the fact that the pandemic's made her have to take a little bit of a backseat just because who's making movies and TV quite as much anymore. Nobody, but she's like never, she also thought she's just never going to retire because she loves her, her job. And so I grew up in that context and I grew up just seeing my mom working and it was just like, I didn't even know it was a strange, not that it was a strange thing. I didn't even know it was something that was cool to have a real kind of like mom who was top of her career and like pursuing her career and really the breadwinner of the household. It was just what I knew as normal growing up. So I think having that as a context, I knew that I needed to like forge my, you know, career was super important and something that I wanted to prioritize, but also doing something that I I loved um, that I could be really proud of. So that was always just like something I wanted to achieve. And then uh, I knew coming out of college, I always laugh because coming out of college, I feel like I knew less about what I wanted to do than when I got into college. And that's a good thing, I think. And it's like, just, I just knew I need to want to write 
and I want to make money writing. And so that's sort of where I started. And I think building from that and then becoming an editor. And then, um, you know, I was working in the kind of health and education editing space. And then I was working for, I was living in London for 10 years, actually. And so I was working over there. And then I got a job back here in the States to come back because it just felt like it was time. And it was working on Natural Health Magazine. But in order to work on Natural Health Magazine, which was bi-monthly, I had to also work on Fit Pregnancy Magazine. I was mostly interested in the natural health element, but I was like, okay, sure. The pregnancy side's interesting too. So that's kind of how I got into the parenting space before I was a parent. And I always laughed working at Fit Pregnancy that I would either they're like, never want to become a parent because I knew too much. <laughs> or I would, or of course I would just want to, because I realized like all the kind of joy and benefit of becoming a parent. And the reality was this like mix of like, I think I was, I, it did make me obviously want to have a kid because I ended up having one. The pregnancy was acquired by Meredith where I work now and brought under the parents umbrella. And so then that's how I moved over to parents. So I was at parents when I was pregnant and yeah, it's funny. Cause when I was with my OBGYN, when I was pregnant, and I had like zero questions. And he was like, don't you have questions? You literally are the quietest patient I've ever had. And I was like, that's because my job is to like create content to answer these questions. And like, that's what I live in every day. So I think to be honest, I'm, You're I'm like, I know too much. I could probably, I, I can yeah, teach I can... all this. And I know more than I even <laughs> want to know <laughs> more than I want to know. But yeah. And I think like, yes, of course I could do my job before I had and I, and we, I have plenty of amazing people on my team who are not parents and it's not a prerequisite. You can absolutely, you know, work in the, if as a good journalist, you can work on any beat. That's what I say, but it is definitely a, now that I've had as it makes it a lot easier. Just, just using that, like a gut check of terms of like what content works and what content doesn't work. But I think it can be a blessing and a curse. Like on the, in the one hand, I'm like, Oh, I'm a millennial mom. I'm a single mom. I'm living it. You know, my content is my life. My life is my content. But then I also want to recognize that my, that's my own experience, you know, especially as like a white mom, you know, living here in New York city, I, that's, I have one experience of parenthood, but I really want to be, sh- to make sure not to lean too heavily on that as like assuming that that's everybody else's experience. Cause so much of what we want to do is depict a huge broad range of, of, of what parenthood looks like in America today. So, so long story short, it, yeah, but I do think it does make my job more enjoyable for sure being a parent, mostly because like, especially going through the pandemic. I was very lucky that I could kind of weave in. I even did a video series on YouTube at the beginning of the pandemic about working from home and having my daughter at the same time. And it could become part of my job and part of my brand to to talk about it all. But I have plenty of friends who are moms and, you know, I have a mom group text, like probably everybody has, which I think is so, so important to have is that mom. Definitely. You have to have that. You have to have that. And, you know, so many of them talk about like trying to, the anxiety of their kids on Zoom calls and trying to kind of like, you know, their employers aware that their kids are home, but also just like, not, you don't want it to be too much and all that. And it's like so much of a struggle. And I do feel very blessed because I work on a parent's parenting brand. So it's like, they get it. Yeah, they get it, but it's still hard. You know, it's still hard. Like everybody else. Well, and what, I mean, your career and like where you've ended up, I mean, you've had to push through, you know, each level and you've had to kind of work towards that. Was there ever a point when you had your daughter that you were like, I'm a single parent. You're like, oof, maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Or were you like, career is my number one. I'm going to, I mean, family is my number one, but yeah. career is equally as important. And I'm going to keep pushing forward. You know, I, I, I said this before, but I think it's like we're having that time as a, as a person outside of being a mom is super important to everybody, I think. But, you know, certainly in my own experience, I think having that time away from being a mom lets me kind of be a better, stronger mom when I'm when I'm in it. And I think actually it's funny because 
maternity leave for me, I had a choice as to whether we'd, I'd come back to the States and have a kid or if I'd stay in the UK and have my kid. And I was like, do I come home where my family is and no maternity leave or very little maternity leave? Or do I stay in the UK where there's like a year of maternity leave and not have any family? And that was definitely something I was weighing up. But, you know, in the UK, because they have such long maternity leave, I had one boss tell me once that he almost didn't hire me because I just gotten married and he was worried I was going to have a baby and that would be a whole year out of the office. And I was like, you can't. Oh my wow. God. That's like a lawsuit. <laughs> That's a lawsuit. You can't say things like that, but then it's like, okay, well, but the people are thinking that that's horrifying. So what was your decision then? <laughs> so my decision was to come back and have my family to, to lean on and less, you know, and then eventually that would mean less maternity leave. But to be honest, I find having that village and having that support network so important. And I actually, at the end of my maternity leave, even though it was only three months for a lot of people, that's lucky um, here in America and when we need to do better. But I do think it, everyone's different. And for me, at the end of that three months, I was like kind of ready to go back to the office and like embrace that that other side to my identity and as, as a person and, you know, have that career. And I think I did enjoy going to the office and then coming home and parenting and and it, it has been a little bit of a challenge, I think, for me to have this like big blur of like, you know, even though my daughter's in school, I'm still going to pick her up at 245. And so there's going to be like a couple hours where I'm going to do the same old same, which is working in parenting. And, you know, you think about like Virginia Woolf in a room of one's own, like it's very hard to do creative work when you're trying to also parent. Hard to do anything when you're hard like, when I mean, and not just yeah. parenting, but it's hard to do two tasks at once. Like exactly. they say moms exactly. are great multitaskers, but really when you're, you're, you can't multitask, you can't yeah. multitask. it's no. impossible. Your brain just can't keep switching. So I think I always liked having that separation of church and state between career, having that career and holding on to that career and being, and then having that time to, to, to parent in the evenings and the weekends, but, but everybody's different. For me, that was just always something that it just gave me, it recharged me and allowed me to be, I think, a better, a better parent. You said it's important to take time away from being a mom. What do you do in your time away from being a mom? And do you, and since you were all into the like wellness stuff and things before, you know, when you were working at Fit Pregnancy and the other one, what are some of your wellness practices and what do you do in your time away from being a mom? Oh yeah. No, it's funny because, um, now that, and a lot of my kind of friends who I mentioned, Instagram friends who I mentioned, um, earlier, you're Michelle Dempsey's or Emma Johnson or the single dad magic. A lot of us talk about how as a co-parent, you do get kind of like used to having time to yourself. So i I feel very able to either, you know, I love yoga. I used to do yoga like every day. That's not the case anymore, but, um, I try and do yoga or like I do, I really like Apple fitness just lately because it's like, to me, it feels like doing a gym class at home. And it's actually really been really great. Um, but catching with friends, going out to eat all the kind of usual, but also trying to like get away and like, even though we haven't been able to travel, but like try to kind of like get away even like for a night. The, last week I went away with my boyfriend actually just for a, for a night away, um, just to kind of get out of the, con the everyday context of normal. But my friends who are in, who are married, they have time by themselves, which is so, so rare. They'll kind of text me and be like, what do you do? And I was like, girl, just binge watch. Like, don't <laughs> stop nap, binge watch. Like you don't have to feel like you're doing you don't have to feel like you're doing anything to be recharging. And I think that's really important. Like sometimes because we so don't, 
get enough time to ourselves as moms when we do have it. We're almost so overwhelmed with that time that like we feel like we're not spending it the right way. Like, no, you don't need to be and writing all of a sudden we no, have mom you- guilt over or like we have our, our own guilt about yes. like having time. And then we're like, yeah. what are we doing it? Yes. And I was like, literally like binge TV, go nap. Like don't overthink it. Do whatever feels right. Go to the movies, whatever. You know, I think just as long as you're taking it, I think it's, it's, and, but yeah, like, I mean, I had mom friends who would like go and sit in their car during the pandemic because there was no space or go for that walk. It's whatever it feels, feels right to you, but like, don't feel bad if it's not, if it doesn't feel like it's enough. Like if it doesn't feel like you're doing like a massive yoga workout or if you're doing a big like CrossFit thing, no, you can also just binge and sit and relax. Moms don't get to sit down enough. I don't think. I actually had a similar question along the lines of what they were asking is uh, because, you know, you are a single mom. And so you don't have your daughter the whole time. And so you have that space. Like, do you think that makes it easier or harder to actually pursue the career you're doing? And I know, I don't know if that's like controversial to ask, but I'm kind of curious because you're able to separate that time versus like having your kid at home 24 seven. I think it's probably because I have a real like nine to five type job, although nobody has that. Like, I mean, I, I definitely like I'm always on, but I do feel like if I, if I were kind of like doing my own business and building up my own brand from scratch, I could see how it might be easier having those days where like, for example, when I was recording my podcast or whenever I'm recording my podcast, I'm able to do that because I have days when I don't have my, my daughter. I mean, now she's in school, so I have more flexibility, but when she wasn't, it was like, I had, I relied on those days when I didn't have my daughter to be able to have a podcast. Like I didn't know if I'd be able to have a podcast on top of my day job. If I didn't have that, that set up. But I think during the normal, a nor- whatever normal is, but like during a kind of normal working week, it doesn't really make all that much of a difference other than the fact that I, I so appreciate my, my adult alone time. It's a serious consideration. Like now, I mean, I'm fairly newly into relationship. Like, so I'm only like eight months dating my boyfriend. So it's like when we're having, the, when you're having those conversations in life about whether you don't want to have another kid, I often think about like, if I were to have another kid, then I'd have a full-time kid and I'd be giving up a lot of that time that I have to myself. And I don't know if I really want to do that because it's, it's, it's kind of great. I miss her. I always miss her, but I do, I, I mean, I can go out and like go out to, to eat and go out and see friends and just do whatever I want for, for half the time. And there's a lot of statistics we've reported on at parents and Emma Johnson's done a lot around this, that divorce co-parenting moms who split the time equally with their dads earn more money and do better in their careers because they have that, that, that actual like time and space to do that. So I think that there's a lot of evidence to show that if you are in a divorce or if you're co-parenting fight for that, that equal time. And it's not always easy because sometimes it feels like as a mom, you're giving away time, but I think you're, you're not, you're giving yourself that gift of having time to yourself, which I, I truly enjoyed. I think it also gives you structure. So yeah. like when you have a kid 24 seven, it's like you try and schedule things and, mm-hmm. but you know, you're, everything's always a revolving yes. door. You never know. But when you know that you're going to have your kid on a certain days and you know, you're not, I feel like you can create more like structure around that time. And so maybe you're yes. just more efficient because you actually can plan. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> no, but, and also, and you, and you have it. And, you know, we talk about the mental load we've done. We did a big thing at um, parents called project mental unload, talking about the mental load of like why moms are still doing the majority of parenting, even with good dads, like what's happening there. And I think with divorce and co-parenting, like I literally hand out over Ezzy and then I'm not having to do any of the parenting. Of course, like I'm still thinking about sort of things to do with parenting, but it's very black and white and I can step away kind of guilt-free. Whereas I have 
and I would say to my friends who are in marriages, why can't, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, why can't you come out with me on Sunday? Oh, I don't know. Because I took a Sunday off the other three weeks ago. Like, but you can, why can't you? (laughs) Why, why should co-parenting and divorce be any different? Why can't you take a whole day to yourself? You should. Men, I think our dads are much better at doing that. You know, we, we cover that a lot in parents. Like dads will do things like I'm going for a run. Moms will be like, um, I might go for a run at two, but um, I, pr- I promise it won't be a long time. And like, there are some snacks and it's like that, that like, can I versus like, I'm, you know, I'm going to. So anyway, that's a whole other thing. But I do think there's a lot that just because I'm divorced and have a custody schedule and get half the time to myself, if you're married and there are two people parenting, I think it's like letting go of that guilt of taking the time to step away from your kid for a minute and realizing that that actually is beneficial for the kid. I think so. Taking that time to recharge, I think is beneficial and seeing it as a, as a benefit to the child versus a, I'm stepping away from my child and I feel bad. I'm missing out on bedtime. If you miss out on one bedtime because it means you're getting your time with some friends to go and have some drinks and recharge in the grand scheme of things, it's I healthy. think that that's a, a healthy thing and don't feel guilty about it. Yeah, totally. So I have some personal questions to ask because I'm curious. You said you've been dating for eight months. So how do you find someone in the middle of COVID to date and as a single parent with a kid? Like how is dating? I think we're about the same age, I believe. And so I'm just curious, how is that? Because a lot of us moms like, talk about like, how is it to date these days? Cause we have a, a couple <laughs> friends who unfortunately got a divorce during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious cause about how dating, yeah. You know, how does this I'm, all work? I'm always like, I've always been like, as you can see, like probably can tell from like my career and everything. I'm like, I'm kind of a go-getter in terms of like, if I've decided I'm going to date and then I like, I'm like, all right, it's like a job, you know, like I make sure I, I really do try to like get out there on the dating apps and like really try and date and be mindfully dating and making sure I knew what I was looking for and everything. And, um, but it was hard, uh, really hard during the pandemic to be dating, but it was an interesting experience too, because so I met my boyfriend back in August, but I dated a little bit during the pandemic before then. Um, and what was happening during the pandemic was a lot more of like what I might call like court so like you often would have first dates on zoom, which was something where I just don't think that that should ever go away because like it's a nice screening process, you don't have- screening <laughs> process. And I don't know if anyone has gone through dating before it can be a real, really grueling. And you're often going out and you, you, you know, your first date with somebody, you show up and you just know that it's not going to work out, but you still have to sit down and, ha- and entertain it. Cause you've met at the bar and you have to have the drink together. Well, having the first date on zoom was like, that's like kind of a game changer. Cause you can really weed out a lot of people just based, you get a lot actually from, from a zoom conversation and you can kind of tell whether or not you even really want to have that second date with before you even have to like waste money on drinks or, or get ready and do all the things that, that go with going out. But it also means like a lot more like talking and that talking stage might be longer. And yeah, I think it sort of just got, came down to like a little bit of like a pulling off the bandaid and meeting for that. You really do have to kind of meet eventually. And I think now we're coming out of it with, with vaccines and everything. I think it's probably like a much easier time to be dating. But I think for single people during the pandemic, it was hard. I think for parents in general, it was like a grass is always greener because I saw my friends who were married and I was so like jealous that, that they had somebody at home with them. And then they would see me and they'd be like, I'm so jealous that you have all this time to yourself during the pandemic. And I've had none of it. Like I said, I had friends who would go out in their car. So it was a lot of grass is always greener. But in some ways, if you were single during the pandemic, at least for me, it really made me realize like, oh, what matters most when relationships are really important. And so it almost like, it almost like I had that drive to find a relationship more during the pandemic than my, I might've before, even though it was like probably much harder to, 
to, to do that. So did you find him on an app? And I'm curious, oh, like, yeah. what are, what are the hot apps for like, you know? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you, here's my theory on apps is everybody's on all the apps. So honestly, it doesn't it almost like where, which app you meet them on. I, I was all, I, I, I liked Bumble. I was on Hinge. And I mean, I actually met him through Tinder, but I think it's like, everybody was on it's on all the apps. So it's like whatever app you're comfortable with, to be honest. But I think that's sort of just how everybody meets anybody these days, more or less. Um, all those other places. I know a lot of people are starting to meet people through Clubhouse and like Instagram too. But yeah, definitely through the apps. And that's sort of where I met the other people. I'd, I'd had like other relationships since getting divorced. And then pretty much, yeah, all of them I met through various dating apps situation. Any advice for the single mamas out there that are starting to go out in the dating world now that maybe they're like vaccinated and they're they're feeling a little more confident, but they've also been like (laughs) at home and maybe have a kid and are just like, I don't know how to do this. Any advice for them? For me? I mean, I think it's really important. I think it's a really important side of your life to fulfill. Um, if you want to not, you know, if you don't want to, you don't want to don't force it. I think do it if you want to, but don't force it. If you're feeling like I'm not in the mood, then you're not in the mood and you're not ready. Um, it takes work. It takes time and dedication, like any other part of your life. But I'd say, I'd say it's an important aspect of life, not to 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 sweep under the carpet and think just because you're a mom and you're busy, you don't have time for it. If you want it, you should make that time. And it's just as important as anybody, you know, anyone who's married in a relationship. Be like relationships are, we are humans. We appreciate them and we like we like it. So in terms of tips, I think why not continue trying to have those first dates on zoom? I think that's not a bad idea. You know, you can have a FaceTime first before you, if you're not sure, especially if your schedule is all over the place, like, like parents are, I think there are apps out there. I think it's called Hey Baby. And I don't know how, where it got to, but it's an app for meeting other single parents. And my boyfriend's not a, not a dad, but I've, I've dated single dads before. And, and I, and I think there is benefit to, to, well, it's pluses and minuses. If they have a kid, then their custody schedule can make it hard to coordinate your custody schedule. But they're also very understanding of the you know custody schedules and things like that. Did you introduce your boyfriend yet to your daughter? I did. Yeah, I did. But I was also very like kind of like slow and cautious to it. And of course, like she, she adores being um, hanging out with him and being around him. But um, I think, you know, the pandemic's definitely like slowed things down a little in terms of like progressing the re- progressing relationships in general. I think like, you know, there was a time when his, I mean, his parents had COVID and he had to quarantine and there was like a lot of quarantining and a lot of like, you know, so a lot, a lot of times in our relationship, it felt like we were having a long distance relationship, even though we were, you know, both living in New York city at parents.com. Also, are you seeing like stories come out or like more trends in kind of the single parenthood or like you know, divorcing parents during the pandemic. Like, have you seen any sort of trends come out of it? It's an opportunity to get to know somebody through like FaceTime and talking to them without necessarily always having that like physicality of being with the person. And I don't think that's always necessarily a bad thing. I do think that like, it's important obviously to spend that time together as two people in real life, but there's a lot you can learn and get to know about a person, you know, when you, even if you're not there in person with them. So I think like, if you feel like your schedule and time is busy, there's a lot you can do with a face FaceTiming is a lot you can do in over, over zoom. And in terms of trends, I mean, I think the, the pandemic has caused a lot of people to kind of face these deep underlying needs and that they have as human beings and whether or not they're being met or whether or not they're overstimulated or like what, you know, a lot of times people were in relationships with people, then they barely saw them, but then the pandemic meant they were seeing them all the time. And, you know, it's like relationships, 
do well maybe it was a relationship that did well because you were both working and doesn't do so well when you're both together all the time I mean I think like it's definitely causing people to really kind of like shift their approach or like take a really strong look at their own relationships and think about them and think about what they what they want and what what's made what's been fulfilling for them um I think clubhouse is a really interesting place if people are on there I've seen a lot of people having really interesting intimate conversations about relationships as parents whether or not people are single or together. So I would recommend joining those rooms on Clubhouse. And certainly you can come to ours that we have on Friday nights. Um, no such thing as weekends and you can. Do you host that real. with Megan, right? Yes. Or, uh-huh. yes. yes. Megan's <laughs> going to be, or was on the podcast. Her episode okay. will probably air before this one. So um, okay, she's, cool. she was fun. Yeah, she's great. She's my, mom. <laughs> she's my mom bestie. She's one of the, my, my moms on the, the, uh, on my text group, which is so important. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing all of this information on co-parenting and career and all of that to wrap it up. I want to ask, what do you think is your mom's superpower? So a superpower you gained once you became a mom that makes you better in either business life, whatever that might be. I say like becoming a mom really kind of like made me not afraid to ask for things and kind of just like cut to the cut the crap a little and cut to the chase about what I wanted for my life and what I wanted for my career. I think when all of a sudden you have somebody else who's reliant on, on your, your job, you know, you working not only from like a financial point of view, but also from like a, you know, I'm a role model now to my daughter. So I want to make sure that I'm making the best choices. And I might've been a little bit more hesitant to ask for what I wanted before I had, I had Eddie, but I think like having a kid just makes me go like, no, like we just, just need to cut to the chase and ask for things. If you're not happy, ask to change, you know, ask for that pay rise, like ask for that. If you want to change positions, like just kind of go for it. And in some ways it seems like having a kid, you'd be like more risk averse. And I think there is a certain element to that, but I also think that it's like, you're not just doing this for yourself anymore. You're doing it for your kid too. And I'd say that right there is a, is a superpower. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining today. Where can we find you online? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram, Julia Dennison. Um, and same, you can look me up, Julia Dennison on Clubhouse. That tends to be the two places I'm at the most or Twitter. I'm at Jules Dennison, J-U-L-S Dennison, D-E-N-N-I-S-O-N. Yep. Perfect. And then well, parents.com. Yes, parents.com. Well, thank you so much for joining. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.